From Columbus, Ohio, welcome to Enter at Nay, a podcast for horse girls. Where we get together to talk about all the things we love about horses and learn a little bit more about our horse friends in the world around us. So come on into the tack room, pull up a chair, and let's catch up. Hey everyone, it's Beth here with episode 13 of Enter at Nay, and I just wanted to check in really quick and let you guys know I know I've kept you waiting forever. Um, We had a bunch of horse shows and then some life stuff that got in the way. um, So we actually recorded this episode in early July, two months ago. Um, And so some of our stuff about like looking forward to the NAYC uh, championships that Kaylee went to and stuff that has already happened. Look at the results and check out how well Kaylee did. Um, But yeah, we're bringing to you episode 13 of Enter at Nay, Horsey at Childhood. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome everybody to episode 13 of Enter at Nay. And today our topic is horsey childhood and i'm super excited I about our so guest excited yeah so we're yes, having me too yeah kaylee nolman who you know i didn't prep her but she really needs to talk to us about her big news um as a junior yes. rider with usdf and so hopefully she'll uh be ready to chit chat with us a little bit about that maybe explain a little bit about what the big news means um, so yeah, yes. we have Kaylee joining us in a little bit and otherwise, you know, I guess we should just go ahead and get started. So Anna, yeah, how's it going with Danny? Well, you know, it's, it is one day at a time. Um, he, I, I got him moved to a new, um, a, a different facility. And so now instead of being just you know, in isolation, which he still has to be because he's still shedding salmonella, but, um, it was isolated before. And, you know, for both of us, there was nobody there. There was no interaction with other people. Um, not even distant interaction with other horses. Um, I didn't feel like I had any support from like another horse person. And I mean, you know, I have always, I mean, he's my first horse. Um, I've only had him 10 years and, you know, I've always relied on other, you know, like the barn owner, barn manager, you know, to like be the expert. And Mm -hmm. I, I had nothing. I had no one, nothing. Like I didn't even know what to buy for the bedding, but, um, now I have, you know, a, it's a facility, it's a retirement facility. It's only half full. Um, so he's very able to be separated. He's actually on one end. Um, so we have a separate entrance and I can, there's a outdoor arena. The other horses are retired, so nobody comes to ride them or anything, but I can go and, you know, hand walk him. Um, and the horses, the other horses will be on either side. So he gets that like socially distant (laughs) interaction with other horses, which I think is just so important because, well, they're you know, herd like, animals. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think he was really, like, going crazy at the other place. And and also, it's a, it is a barn. I mean, it is like a normal boarding facility barn with, you know, kick, kick plate walls, you know, on the inside of a pole barn. And then there's a hayloft above. So there's an actual ceiling to his stall. And, you know... 
it's just it's like a real barn whereas the other one was sort of you know where you maybe keep your horse when you're like 12 or 13 and it's your dad's farm kind of thing you know and he just wasn't really protected and I feel like he was really exposed during storms and we've had some pretty horrible storms um, and you know he's he's totally fine so um, hopefully things are on the mend he still has some shallow breathing issue. It's a medical term is dyspnea. Um, he's fine when he's standing still, but anything more like when we move off at a walk, he breathes like we've been doing 20, min 20 minutes of trot work. Um, he can't reach the ground to graze. I noticed yesterday that when he did kind of reach the ground and he was able to grab a couple bites of grass that it, it sounds like you know when you've got a cold and you can't breathe through your nose and yeah. you have to eat? That's what it sounded like. And hmm. I'm not saying it's his sinuses. I'm just saying that's what it sounded like hmm. to me. It sounded that same sort of like, I don't know. I can't even do it. But um, Panting. Anyway. <laughs> Panting. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And which horses don't pant. So Right. Um, so, yeah. So, Anyway, and he's got, you know, extreme muscle atrophy on either side of his spine. Now it's starting into his glutes. And, you know, I look at these other horses that are retired that don't get ridden at all, and they don't have that type of muscle wasting. So I'm, I'm very concerned that there is some type of secondary issue. But the good news is, is tomorrow um, the, the co-chair of internal medicine at OSU is coming out to see him along with my vet. And so we will get some answers or at least start to get some answers tomorrow. Well, and that was the vet providing his care during his hospitalization, yes. right? So very yes. familiar with his case. Yes, and I, I know he's going to be shocked at how different he looks, like that he's, because when, you know, when he came home, he was, he was skinny, but he wasn't muscle wasting. And now he's muscle wasting. So I think that will be yeah, really but he's important. been sick for a long time, you know? Yes, exactly. I'm hoping that what he'll say is, you know, it's the colitis from the salmonella and his body's not using nutrients. I'm hoping that's what he's going to say. And I'm hoping yeah. he'll have some answers as to his breathing and you know does he truly have a thrombophlebitis or is there something else going on i don't know mm -hmm. i'm just mm -hmm. i'm thankful for answers tomorrow no matter what they are i'm being very honest with myself i've been reading a lot of you know not horror stories i've been reading medical journals of different complications that can happen with all of the things that he's been through and trying to sort of you know just like just like when we thought he was going to die um, yeah. And I needed to prep myself. I need to prep myself for this tomorrow. And one of my, one of our other horse girlfriends is um, coming tomorrow to the appointment to take notes um, since I'll be handling Danny. And that way I'll have somebody to take notes and maybe encourage me to ask, you know, questions if I've forgotten something. Um, so, so yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. To um, have a tag team there with you been through that with cancer and I think it's really important to have a second set of ears or even a third set of ears that's not as emotionally attached to the situation mm -hmm. um, so but what's been going on with you and Pip I know you had a really exciting weekend last weekend uh, two weekends ago two weekends ago 
We, at the end of June, it was years of buildup and purchasing and preparation. <laughs> Luckily, the white breeches that I bought years ago still fit. And I had a white saddle pad. Anyways, we went to our first ever USEF USDF recognized show. Yay! Um, yeah, and we went. I was very deliberate about what I wanted it to be. And so um, we have a, our club is doing a small one in September. And I knew a I was. small one. Yeah, we are. Oh, in September. In September. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking you're talking about July and I'm like. <laughs> no. July's not small. No. Um, and, and in September, we're doing a small USDF, USEF recognized show. It's a level one. It's a one ring show. Um, but we have, you know, good judges, different ones each day. And, and so I knew I was going to ride in that. And, you know, of course, thinking about your end awards and whatnot, it's like, well, you know, if you're going to ride in one recognized show, you might as well ride in two recognized shows. Um, but for the most part, the ones in our area are large. Um, and then, you know, working as I do a little bit in show offices and I'm, you know, kind of apprenticing in show management and I'm learning about different judges and I've traveled a little bit and worked with different judges at different shows. Um, I've scribed a decent amount. So anyways, I have like a concept of judges that I like, um, judges that I don't like. And then of course there's the ones I don't know. And so anyways, you know, looking over the calendar of what's going on, and I am a member of Northern Ohio Dressage Association, which is the GMO to the north of us, more of the Cleveland area. Um, it's a GMO, you know, double to triple our size. Um, and I, I think they do really great things. So I love being a member. I love being plugged into what they're up to. I attend their educational stuff somewhat regularly. They do online sessions. Um, and I kind of started with them in 2019 going to their dressage camp for adults. Uh, I went with a friend and I loved it. And I made friends there that I've stayed in touch with for the two years since. And so anyways, they had a recognized level one, one ring show um, at a small or not a small facility, but at a private facility. And just the more I looked into it and got to know about it, I was like, this sounds like an awesome show. And then I saw the judges were both people that I've worked with multiple times. Um, sometimes I scribed for them. Um, I worked in show offices when we hired them more than once. One of them had been a clinician that I had audited and, you know, wrote the check to pay her. And so anyways, I was really familiar with both judges and I knew, you know, what I would be getting from them. I know they're both fair. I know they both know a lot um, and that I would really value their opinions. And so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go for it. So, um, you know, I knew the woman managing the show. It's her first show that she managed. Um, she's kind of building her show management experience. And I've been, you know, talking to her about that and, and, uh, you're kind of including her in our club's stuff to give her some experience um, that we can offer that's a little different than NOTA. And so anyways, um, yeah, I had friends working the show. I had friends attending the show. They said, you know, hey, it's going to fill up really quick because there's only 28 stalls. So they said, you know, after the 28 stalls fill, you know, everyone else coming to the show has to haul in. 
Wow. And so I knew, you know, the show was going to be a certain size. There were all these like things that I knew up front that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And then on top of that, I want to go back to their dressage camp this year, which yeah. is actually in two, three, three weeks. Is, is their dressage the place? Yeah. And it's at the same facility. Mm -hmm. And so I was really like, going to the show will give me a dry run of the facility and you know camp i'm there for longer um it's a smaller group so it just felt like yeah i can go for this show and get comfortable and be ready for camp um and you know the same friends are going to be at camp again and and so anyways um yeah i did it i went i hired a shipper i went totally by myself i didn't have a trainer i didn't have a mm -hmm. friend to wipe my boots i said like <laughs> i had friends in the way that like they would care if i fell off and they would help me yeah but they weren't they weren't about to like plan their day around my ride times they weren't right. gonna you know <laughs> stand at warm up and be like okay let me wipe your boots off you're going in you know like I was totally on my own terms. I stayed, I even stayed like at a motel. Like I didn't even stay where other people were staying. Like I just, I made the experience a hundred percent about just me and Pippin and things being what we needed them to be to go in and show. So we had three tests and the first one I got like a good score, it wasn't a great score, but it wasn't a bad score. It was just a, a nice score, um, good feedback. And I was really happy with it. And then I tried to ride a second test that day and we were both out of gas. And I don't usually ride two tests a day at shows anymore anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but for this show, because it was so small, I wanted to enter two a day to give them money. Like I didn't want to take a stall and then enter as little as possible. Um, so I tried to ride a second test that day. I made a mis well, we made mistakes that I didn't correct. And so then it carried mm -hmm. over for too long and resulted in a bad score. Um, but it was like everything else was good. And then I had five scores that were twos and threes. And that just brought the whole thing down. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm yeah. comfortable with that because I'm like, okay, I know exactly what happened. I knew it was happening as it was happening. Like I wasn't blindsided. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't yeah. in the moment think, hey, I need to stop and fix this. Uh, you know, we picked up the wrong lead. And so I wasn't mm. like, oh, we need to stop and fix it. So I got twos and threes for all of the movements on that part of the canter. But then when it ended, when we switched to the other direction, we picked up the right lead. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> so the rest you did, of the test so you did the whole test. You did the whole test on the left lead or something like yes, that? Yes, yes. I yeah, never showed I the right lead time. or something. And, and yeah, so, you know. I did that and, once. And it's just like, okay, well, shoot. I should have, as soon as I realized it, stopped him corrected the lead and gotten all the rest, you know, throw away one movement instead of throw away four. And then she gave me a three right. in my, in one of my collectives. Cause she was like, did you really not notice that your horse picked up the wrong lead? Like your aides <laughs> get a three. And I was like, all right, fair. So anyways, um, I, I got a bad score on that test and I'm like, well, I, I don't even mind. It's fine. Um, so then the next day, I knew I wasn't going to ride both tests. I was signed up for the same two tests. And I was like, I'm not, <laughs> you know, it was the second day of the show and my 
you know, two nights sleeping in this motel and, you know, like at this point you're tired and you're thinking more about packing up than you are about showing. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not writing both of these. And I did text with my trainer and I said, okay, here's my scores. Here's what happened. And I said, I don't know if I should ride the test that I know really well and that I've done well on in the past and I did fine on the first day. Should I ride that again and try to get an even better score? Or do I go to the, and you know, the one that I messed up on, it was my first time showing that test. And so I'm a little yeah. bit like, you know, giving myself some grace on it too, because you know, just, you know, it's, it's a hard test. And so yeah. I, I texted her and I said, you know, I think I'm gonna scratch one and I don't know which one to scratch. And she said, give the hard one another go. Try to ride it again you know, scratch the one that you know and the one that you know you can do well and and ride the harder one and see if you can get a good score on that one. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, so ultimately I'd be going home potentially with a good score on each test that I rode. So I felt good about that and that's what I did. Um, and the, the harder test was a little later in the day, but they were both within the same hour, which was another reason why I was like, I'm not, I'm not riding both of these. <laughs> Yeah. So I, um, they were like 50 minutes apart. Um, so yeah, I rode the harder test again on the second day and I got a better score than I got on the easier test the day before. And so though they were both pretty close. Yeah. It was, so like you have, better. so now you have your first level scores towards a bronze. Yes. Cause it was different Yay, judges each they were day. Both, yeah. And they were both over 60%. Right. And Yay. the one I rode, you know, first level test three, which technically you can qualify for regionals, you know, riding test three. And yes. so someone was like, oh, my God, did you get a regionals qualifying score? And I was like, girl, I am working at regionals. <laughs> OK, so we're on to horse Internet things. Anna, what is capturing your attention on the interwebs? Okay, so on Etsy, there is a shop called the Cheeky Gelding. Oh. And she has mostly t-shirts, but like some mugs and hats. But the t-shirts are flipping amazing. Oh. And there are two. They are they are sarcastic and funny t-shirts. Um, but not all of them. Some of them are just like really cool. Like one is the... Um, the dressage training pyramid, um, oh. but it's got like the words, you know, in the shape of a pyramid. So that's kind of cool. Um, and she's got um, like a venting t-shirts and um, cross country, but she has a t-shirt that says hand walking is my cardio. Oh, and I am obsessed with it. I absolutely need to get it. Yeah, that's it. you right now. That is totally me right now. And then she has another one that's kind of me right now. And it said, she believes she could, but her horse had other plans that day. <laughs> and it's got like like fairy dust like and little weird arrows and glitzy things. Um, and then let's see. There's another one that has like the dressage letters, you know, like yeah. on a box and yeah. then at the bottom it says don't ask <laughs> uh -huh. you know because you know someone's going to ask you like what's on your t-shirt yeah um let's see she has uh grays for days um there's one that says mom of bays um 
I was normal three horses ago. <laughs> we should get that for Phyllis. Yeah. Oh my um, God. Birthday <laughs> present. Right. Um, Scopy AF. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then there's a funny one that says, Dear Dressage, comma, you suck. Period. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am obsessed with Amelia Newcomb's test videos on YouTube. She is oh, a trainer, I think, in yeah. California. So, yes. you know, show prep, and I um, hadn't seen my trainer much before the show, so I was pretty nervous. And um, I was getting ready to ride first level test three in a show for the first time. And so I was like, I don't even know how I thought of it, but it, I was like, I can go on YouTube and I can, you know, search for the name of the test and watch other people ride it. And this can help me like process my ride. So anyways, Amelia Newcomb, she does this and she, so she films herself riding the test and then she does a voiceover, a commentary of, you know, what she's doing and when and why. And um, anyways, it's really lovely. And I feel like that helped me prep for the show a ton. And I really appreciate cool. that. So that, there, that is a cool thing on YouTube. There are the um, the on the levels as well that we have access to as oh, USDF members. I always members. forget about that stuff. Um, but, you know, it is, it is an additional charge. It's not much. It's like $4 for each level. So like when you're doing first level, it's only $4. And I think you right. own them. I don't think you have to buy them each year. I think if you like... You know, if you do first level two years, I think you still own it. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, they're pretty good. However, one of the criticisms that we have even talked about on the Region 2 Education Committee is that oftentimes in the, on the levels, the people writing the test are like clearly third level horse and rider combos that are doing the first level test. Yes. And, you know, like, I, if, if I remember correctly, one of them, the person is sitting the trot the whole time, which is an option. Right. But most of us don't do it. Most of us do a rising trot at the first level. Most of us adult Amies. Um, but because that person is, you know, obviously a, a professional riding, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or just rides at a higher level normally. Yeah. But they're doing this first level test. Um, but yeah, we've talked about how like, you know, show me a test that has some, maybe it's perfect, but it does have some issues, you know, and well, and actually just... that's something about this Amelia Newcomb first level test three ride. Her horse spooks in the middle of the test, that's like awesome. totally loses it. And she actually talks about, you know, I decided to leave this in because I want to show you, you know, how to recover because this happens your yeah. horse might spook during the test and so she was like you know I, I'm gonna do an extra circle and I'm gonna get an error for that and that's you know minus two points and and but that's just what it is and I'm gonna keep riding my test yep yep because that's what you have to do and that's I agree that that's you get more from watching tests that aren't perfect right and hearing that commentary about it than you do from seeing the the perfect test get rid right well and i imagine it's interesting like you know a horse doing first level and that's the level they're at is yes. you know still developing yes. the lengthening where a third level horse is going to be like yes let me fling my toes at you i'm exactly. amazing at this yeah yes. i see what you mean that is a little problematic because yeah that that i think i think you're nailing it on the head that that's what 
is hard because you're watching this and you're like, this is not only perfect, this is perfect. And clearly under years of development on. Yes. Yeah. On a perfect frame and you know, everything is perfect. And that's not where the rest of us are when we're riding that level. Right. So, So anyway, theoretically. Yeah. Or like you said, adult amateurs or whatever. Yes, exactly. Adult Amy AF. So we're getting ready to, (laughs) we're getting ready to talk about a horsey childhood with the uh, horsey Uh, childhood poster child. Poster child. You're right. Yeah. So can you tell us, and you know, we've talked about this. I don't know, not every episode, but we talk about it a lot. Do you want to just quick remind us what was your horsey childhood like? We were both lucky enough to kind of have one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was not anything like what Kaylee's is, but um, certainly hers is like, you know, what when I was a kid, even before I think I started writing or maybe when I just started writing it at like 11 years old, that I would be reading so many horse books, you know, what we now call young adults or you know, fiction. I don't know what they called it back then, just books for kids. Um, but like Jean Slaughter Doty was an amazing author. And um, who was another one? Sam Sabat was a, a author that I liked to read back then. But they had all these books and, you know, they were young adults who had horses. And I didn't have that life. I rode I took lessons um, and I, you know, maybe took lessons once or twice a week and showed on lesson horses, didn't own my own horse and, um, you know, dreamt of having this world where you had a horse in your backyard or you had a barn full of horses because your parents rode and, you know, you grew up in the world of horses. That would have been just my dream life especially as a kid that would have been my dream life Uh, but yeah I showed mostly Morgans and showed saddle seat and you know some hunt seat some other stuff Um, but you know it didn't feel super serious because I didn't own my own so I was showing other people's horses so what about you because I know you rode as a kid also yeah I totally agree with you about reading the horse books as a kid and being like, oh, the horse life I could have, you know. Um, and honestly, so, on some if only level. I had different parents. <laughs> yeah. If only I had different um, and, you know, I had a little more of a like almost like an owning a horse experience in that, you know, the person that gave me horse access was really generous to like let me use her horse almost as my own. Um, but I had no training, no lessons. And so reading the books, for me, it was like Saddle Club, um, which maybe wasn't even out when you were a kid. But it was, no. you know, a series of books, you know, um, not quite beginner chapter books, but not teen books. Teen books were pretty new when I was a teen. Um, but it was children's literature series of, and and it was kids in lesson barns and honestly doing what you were doing. And so even though I had access to horses and, and learning of caring for one horse and trail riding, I could trail ride for days um, as much as I wanted, that idea of lessons and showing and, and all of that that I would get through these books was kind of like, oh, I wish I could go to horse camp. I wish I could, 
you know, have a weekly lesson and other kids at the barn and all of that. So um, I think, you know, there's, there's always, <laughs> there's always a better horsey childhood out there. <laughs> um, like I said, we're both super lucky to have had one at all. Yeah. We've had our guests on who didn't get into horses until they were adults. So yeah, sure. I, so, uh, it will be super exciting to talk with Kaylee and hear about her life. Cause she's like, she's gone to Florida and I mean, how amazing is that? So. Yeah. She's uh, like I said, she's the poster child with the trainer mom and the, yes. The fantastic horses, barn full of fantastic horses and yeah. imports and all of it. So, um, all right. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hi, Kaylee. Hello. Look at you out at the barn. <laughs> <laughs> we have a horse leaving tonight with the shippers, so we had to be out here late. I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll take my computer to the barn. <laughs> so can we start with a big congratulations on making the Region 2 yes, Junior Team? Thank you so much. It's been such a long journey, and I'm so happy, incredibly happy to be on the team. Um, it was certainly a long and a tough one, but just seeing my name with all the other riders was just truly amazing. <laughs> so what does this mean, especially for people that like have no clue as to what we're talking about? Yeah, so the North American Youth Championships is kind of like a mini Olympics. It gives riders from the ages of 14 to 21 a chance to be on a team and compete as a team for each region. So we're in region two, so I'd be on the region two team. And it you can compete um, on the team, individual, and in the freestyle. Um, and so you can earn medals. It's kind of a, there are Canadian teams and also um, the other regions of the U.S. competing there. Um, it's a really cool opportunity. The junior tests are roughly a third level test, so a little bit harder than a third level test. And the young rider tests are the equivalent to the St. George. And so did, have you tried to make the team before? Um, so last year, NAYC was unfortunately canceled because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, it was just too hard and too soon to try and arrange anything, especially with international travel. It's always hard. Um, so that was canceled then in 2019. I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready at that time um, to try for that. So this has really been my first year. Uh, last year, I tried to make festival, um, and I was one spot away from making it with my lease horse tally, um, which was sad. But I still got to have experience at that level. Um, so it was definitely worth it. So it, you feel like this was kind of your first year, like really trying? Yes, yes. Um, and we just purchased my. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> uh, we just purchased my horse Zeppelin um, around Christmas time, so it really was a whirlwind. You know, we bought him in December. We go to Florida, and then we just—he was really a second-level horse. So we just started competing third, and then we got home. And I just started doing juniors, and it was like, oh. <laughs> let's try our best and see what happens so you're a little bit surprised that you made it um yeah it was definitely a, a much of a rat race uh we were i mean i think i'm the fourth rider and i'm only behind the third rider by a few hundredths of a point 
of an oh, hour. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. super so close. It was all so, so close. Um, and the entire way we were just holding our breaths because somebody would show and get like a really good score and they would bump them up and then they would get a not so good score and it would bump them down. So it was always changing. Mm. So it was pretty crazy. That's super exciting. It's very exciting. I feel like, like, proud of you even though like you know I'm not related to you or have anything to do with your training but I feel like I sort of know you kind of and I think Beth probably feels the same way it's like oh we're so proud we know her (laughs) well and you're a member of our GMO yes our our youth liaison so yep and Bart has been so so helpful I've I've really enjoyed being able to participate in it um, just the year-end awards and just the shows. I mean, the class that we've been going to for I don't know how many years. One of your questions, what is my first horse-related memory? Probably showing it. I think it was Robert's Arena um, oh, at one yeah. of the shows with my first horse and getting ribbons. And I think I got like a youth award or something. And it, I was just so proud of that. And so you guys have really been able to support me Aww. in my riding career. So <laughs> I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. And we're looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. So. Of course. We are so excited. I'm bringing both my horses to the classic. It'll be Yay. interesting. Um, <laughs> very fun, as always. <laughs> Kaylee, when is the youth championships? That is August 9th to the 15th. We are getting there Sunday and probably leaving the next Monday. Wow. <laughs> so it is not a little more than a month out. I mean, you're a few yeah. days away from it being a month, a month oh, away. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's a month. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so you there. already actually shared your first horse related memory. And that was um, one of the showing earlier ones class. was showing at a, at a, you said at the classic um, and getting I a prize or one of yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. It was at, Robert's Arena, so maybe that yeah. was the classic. Yeah. It's moved around a bit over the years. Yeah, for sure. Um, just such a, it was my first real dressage test, like I had shown before, and but it was, you know, wasn't quite dressage. It was <laughs> stay on, go around the ring, smile. <laughs> um, that was, I was really getting the connection and the bend and really learning my uh, geometry for my training level tests, and that mm-hmm. was just really good memory to have and you remember winning some kind of junior high score yeah, or something i got like a little medal or something and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i was just so proud of it i wore that thing around for probably the rest of the week <laughs> it's still Perfect. in my room i think as well <laughs> i'm not gonna lie if i if i won a medal i'd probably be wearing it around too so <laughs> yeah i mean you have to <laughs> So, um, so we'll go ahead and start with the questions. Um, Perfect, yeah. Did you have a pony when you were little or tell us about your first horse? Yeah, so my first horse, her name was Gracie. She um, is an Arabian Hanoverian cross and she's kind of been in the family. She was gifted to my mom when I was really young as a horse for me and I just grew up riding her. Um, she's a really sweet mare. She's by guarantor. She is very fancy. Um, and you know, for the longest time I would just trot around and just, 
Um, and then I started getting serious about my riding and I started cantering. Um, and then we were able to make the regional championships my first year training level. We tied for eighth place and I was so happy about that. Um, it was my first year really trying for regionals and she was just such a sweet mare. She's like, okay, I'll do it. And then I started really getting my connection and learning to put a horse on a bit on the bit. And she, when I would do it right, she would do it right. And if I didn't do it right, she'd be like, nope. And she would just stop. <laughs> and be like, nope. Um, so she was really the perfect horse for me to learn <laughs> on. Um, and then we moved up to first level. And then I started doing more second, third, and she got moved to more of a retirement situation. And actually right now she's on a lease situation with two very sweet girls um, at Meg Williams Barn. So she's enjoying her old age, um, taking care of those girls. I love Sounds it. like a fancier first horse than, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, anything I've ever had. <laughs> My mom always said she never wanted me to have a pony because they can be so rotten sometimes. So she was really rotten. I think only 14.3, so just slightly above a pony. Um, but no rotten behavior there. <laughs> <laughs> She sounds like the great first teacher that every kid like needs and you yeah, were lucky enough to get. Yeah. Yeah. So Kaylee, did you always want to do dressage or did you try different disciplines? Well, I've always grown up in dressage barn. We've been pretty strictly dressage. We've had some, you know, jumpers and eventers uh, throughout the years and we still do. But um, I've, my heart's always just been in dressage growing up watching my mom give lessons, you know, St. with riders riding the St. George and her riding her own Grand Prix horses. It's always just fascinating me, fascinated me just how complex it is. And you're always striving for this perfection and you never can quite get it, which is kind of, I'm a perfectionist naturally. So I've always wanted, you know, to achieve that in that greater collection. Um, I've tried jumping before. It's not really ended well. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's fun, but it's just not my forte and not where my heart is. It's so funny because, I mean, I, I, I mean, I didn't get into dressage until obviously much later in life. But when I was a kid, I was fascinated by it on, you know, like watching the Olympics. But I was I was really into like three day eventing. I just thought like that was amazing. And um, and I showed saddle seat Morgans and oh, wow. so it was a total, yeah, totally different world. Like dressage kind of, you know, it looked fun, but it looked so difficult. And when I started it, I, I remember thinking like, well, when do we get to get do the fun stuff? Like, when do we get to do like the tempies that they do? And, you know, I'm like, never, Anna, never get to do those. And I'm okay with that because a 20 meter circle is really difficult to get perfect. Oh my goodness, of course. <laughs> so you know, it's but you're you're right because we don't we never reach like that you know perfect status. We're always striving for it. But I just love that like our ultimate competition is the test. Yes. You know, it's not the other riders. It is the test. And, and yourself. I, yeah, yeah. Yourself, the test, the horse. I mean, it's just, it's a really interesting sport. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's what he has to say about that. <laughs> the baby just got brought out. So they're all like, hi. <laughs> oh, I so love sweet. it. 
So you, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on is because you like are living, I mean, what I would have loved to have done as a child growing up. I mean, I didn't get into horses until I was like 11 or 12 and I didn't have my own. I just rode at a, you know, a lesson barn and rode lesson horses. You like are living the life that like I would read about in books, you know, like this is the life I want. So what is your favorite thing about growing up in the equine industry? Oh, I'm certainly very privileged to be, you know, in the situation I am, my mom being a dressage trainer. It's been a rough journey, you know, it certainly has its, you know, rough sides, but I'm so privileged and I've just gotten to really develop a love for the horses and a love for the training of the horses and really developing. Um, I just love being able to put a medium on a horse, a medium trot, just say, that's my medium trot that I trained, or that's my shoulder in that I trained. And that's the outcome of my training. Um, that's really been one of my most favorite things to do. And just watching the horses, watching their muscling develop and change. And wow, that's something that I did. Um, also, I've been able, really fortunate to ride a bunch of different horses, different types, sizes, everything from an 18-hand Frisian stallion to a little 12-hand um, half-lane rescue pony. Um, just pretty much anything and everything, training levels. And it's I've been so lucky to be able to develop a um, rounded sense of riding and different kinds and breeds, um, which I'm very grateful for. You have a very mature and elegant way of talking about it. You are, you are so much older in your soul, I think, than in real life. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was a really interesting answer. I was waiting for it to be like, well, I got to go to Florida to train <laughs> for a couple months and, you know, like something really. It's know, certainly a very humbling way of growing up. Um, you learn the horses there, they don't give you everything. They make you work for it. And yeah. my mom is certainly not the kind to just give away anything. You have to work for it. Everything that I do, um, I earn, um, a lot of my horse shows I pay for myself or through labor. Um, I did a lot of braiding last year and the year before and night check. And night checks. You're so, <laughs> you're so good at night checks. <laughs> um, and I take a lot of pride in what I do because of that. So it's really been a great way. I've learned so many life lessons and responsibility and just everything that comes with that lucky kid <laughs> <laughs> but in the nicest possible way I know yes. you're working hard for it there are many 12 or 14 hour days I'm out here working and not just riding you know all the nice horses it's getting on the horses that want to buck you off or doing the stalls in the barn help doesn't show up and feeding everything from breakfast to night check um, sweeping, turning out in the 100-degree heat and bringing them in and hosing them off. Just everything. <laughs> yeah, those aren't easy days. That is not easy. I'm sure your mom's super appreciative to have you in with yes. it, in her, in with her. <laughs> yeah. We have a very close bond. Um, it's so nice to be able to have her helping me. She brought me all the way from not even knowing how to ride to where I am now 
you know, a third, fourth level rider. And I've just been so grateful to have that. Um, we'll be in the car and she's like, this is what you needed to the barn today. You know, work on your half hole and your bend to the right and your collected canter. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> it's very cool. So do you want to tell us about your current horse or a favorite horse you've had over the years? Sure. So my horse now, his name is Zeppelin. He's the horse that I've been, that I'm on the junior team with. He is a nine-year-old Lusitano and Illusion Gelding cross. Um, he is the sweetest horse I've probably ever gotten the pleasure to ride. He's so, such a comfortable horse and willing horse. Um, he's got such a personality. He'll do anything for me, anything I want. He can be a fancy horse in the stage ring and then, the, and then five minutes later be hacking out in the buckle in the cornfields, not giving a care about anything. He loves to do it so much. We go on, our favorite thing to do is trail rides. And so we'll canter the trails and he's the bravest horse. Um, he'll do anything for me, truly. Would you say <laughs> that that's kind of your favorite thing about him is that um, he's just willing to do anything? For sure. Um, I've ridden a lot of horses that, not that they don't want to do anything, they just have this reluctance in them, just that yeah. spicy temperament. And it just, I appreciate it so much more. Um, and we really have this bond. Um, I took him to his first, first horse show and it just taking him to all these places and him giving this trust in me, um, it's really something special. He'll, he might think some things a little scary, but then he looks to me and he's like, it's okay. If you say it's okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll do it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, the past three months taking care of Danny and being his sole caregiver, it's really, I was talking with, um, one of our horse girlfriends the other day and, and I said, you know, the silver lining to all of this is that it is definitely solidified a bond between the two of us because I mean, he's relying a hundred percent on me and, and you're right. There's that, there's that interesting moment when something scary, whether it's, you know, a paper bag going down the aisle or, you know, the garbage truck showing up outside the barn, you know, and he'll, he'll look at it, but then he'll look at me and I'll be like, you're fine, buddy. And he'll be like, Okay. Okay. I can handle this. You know, Aww. so it's amazing. For sure. It's something very special um, to have a horse that really believes in you and trusts you like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is our best episode ever <laughs> with a horse soundtrack. There's nothing even happening right now. Like, <laughs> they've been turned out. I don't know what's like. Okay. Well, they know you're talking about them. Of course. <laughs> Everything's about them. <laughs> Kaylee, have you had any kind of aha moment in your equine journey that you would want to share? Oh, my. Uh, I could say every day. <laughs> um, something for sure was uh, just a major breakthrough. Um, as you know, this winter I got to go to Florida and training with um, Carol Grant every day really just, I mean, dramatically improved my riding. I'm a completely different rider now. Um, my second horse, Dardo, he is a imported Grand Prix gelding who we try through a little with. Um, he, I'm not gonna lie, he's a difficult horse. And I struggled a lot with him um, just with basic connect connection. And I used to be a very backwards rider. 
And this winter, um, I really developed a strong leg. Oh, I'm still developing um, a strong um, seat and leg and really pushing a horse to the contact like that. Um, it, completely different horse now. I mean, um, just having that and learning that connection. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> Um, just completely transformed. Now he looks like a different horse. So that was definitely a big aha moment, learning to ride my horse properly. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say um, is the hardest thing you've had to learn so far? Oh, flying changes are probably the hardest and easiest mo uh, movement I've learned. Um, the flying change itself is not a hard movement for me. I've right. learned my first flying change was obviously on a schoolmaster and I've only ever learned on schoolmasters. And now with my horse Zeppelin, um, who did not know flying changes, it's definitely been a hard move. What was an easy movement is now a hard movement for us. Um, definitely training those changes and getting that canter to be where, yes, you can switch your lead now and getting them straight and perfect, um, changing it from what used to be going across the diagonal and praying and hoping something happens <laughs> um, to getting a consistent result. <laughs> There's still a little praying involved, but. <laughs> right. When, um, when I showed Morgan's as a teenager in the um, saddle seat metal classes, there was always a flying lead change that we had to do. And because you had to do like a figure eight with a flying lead change. Oh and so God. I learned those when I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13. And it wasn't a schoolmaster, but it was very similar. It was a horse that, you know, they knew how to do the flying lead change, but you only had to do one. So like, it was pretty easy. But I remember last summer when I was riding um, my trainer's horse who does like I won and you know, like doing a flying lead change was like not a big deal. And I was like excited to do it, but it really wasn't that big of a deal right. to me. And I, and I know that like a couple of the other gals in the barn that have taken lessons on him were like, so like, they were like freaked out about it. Like, I'm so nervous about doing it. And I'm like, why are you nervous? Just like, it's just, it's you just thing. ask him and he does it. It's just a thing. It's, you know, you're not. It's not like you're taking off to the moon or something. I don't know. It's it's definitely something that could be overthought, uh, especially on a horse that knows how to do it. Like, right, it's right. not a big deal. Just do it. <laughs> Sometimes we have taking off to the moon moments, but. <laughs> for sure. Well, and that's an interesting conversation for me because, you know, I grew up doing mounted games like Jim oh Connor stuff. And so then my favorite thing was pole bending, which of course you do, you gallop and canter, you know, you canter until you can gallop, but you're weaving between poles. And so you're changing leads. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's every few strides you're switching yeah. leads. And anyways, that was my favorite. And I, taught the horse that I rode as a kid to do it. Like I was the one who taught him to do pole bending because um, his owner didn't like, didn't care for the sport, but I, I thought pole bending was super fun. And so anyways, I'm like, I can do flying lead changes. I know how to put them on a horse, but like riding that <laughs> and what I did then had almost nothing to do with what I do now. And so anyways, we'll see, you know, I'm, 
I'm showing first level. So I'm not that worried about getting a flying change on my horse. I don't know if he'll ever be able to handle third level work. So I may not have to worry about it. But anyways, I'm really interested to see how this journey is going to go for me because I'm like, in some way, my body and my muscles are like, we know how to do flying lead changes every <laughs> other stride, like no big deal. And, you know, getting my dressage horse to do it, I imagine will be an entirely different journey, but yeah, funny. So this is a fun one, Kaylee. How about a memorable equine experience or an adventure that you've had? Um, I would say going to Ocala, Florida for winter was probably one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life. Um, we were there for three months and it was really just an amazing opportunity for me. And I never really believed that I would go have the opportunity to go. And it just kind of fell into place. Like, oh, we can go now. Like January 1st, we leave. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and we were so lucky to be at a barn um, where we had uh, three Grand Prix trainers. And so just watching that every day, your eye becomes so developed to what, I mean, just an even greater sense of awesome uh, and riding. Um, and I got to ride a few horses myself, which I was so lucky to get to do so. Um, so many amazing learning opportunities. I got to show at the World Equestrian Center, um, one of their first dressage shows ever. I was there and it just such an amazing place and to be one of the first people there was just an amazing experience um and we definitely intend to come back next year hopefully um and maybe do a few cdis fingers crossed um, wow. so the next question is um has to do with like we love to you know share tips and tricks from people um and yes. one is you know like What's a non-equestrian product that you use around the barn in like a creative way? So I've thought about this one ever since I read that. I was like, I don't know if I have any real tricks. And I, I spent the day at the barn today. I was like, what do I use that's a non-horsey? And my horses get fungus. And, well, all horses get fungus. But um, especially poor Zeppelin, he has such... Uh, defined cheekbones. He gets fungus in between the cheekbones on his face. <laughs> Poor boy. Um, and so my favorite um, technique that I use is I use Dawn dish soap and a little bit of a betadine scrub. And the two of those together, I think just three days in a row, just gets rid of it all together. Um, so that would probably my non-equestrian horsey hack. I think that's a good one because Dawn soap, I mean... I mean, they use it, you know, on like birds that are in, you know, oil slicks and animals that are in yes. oil slicks. And I mean, it's, you know, it's a really good product to use for and weird situations. And it's able situations. to the grease and yes. the dirt that gets in everything. So yes. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's it's good for sheath cleaning as well. So yes, <laughs> multi-purpose. It is. It is. So what's an equestrian product that you love? Um, oh my. I could talk about Shoshin all day, but honestly, I love my five-star detangler that I use for the tails. Zeppelin's got a really big tail, so I have that, and then I use Cowboy Magic. <laughs> um, and then that just makes it, I mean, I can put my tight arms around it. <laughs> wow. I take great pride in his tail. 
Um, I also love the PSO Sweet and Matchy sets. They are my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite like color this. right now in this PSO oh, Sweetie? I could not choose, honestly. Maybe <laughs> I would not. Um, I love all the blues. I love the monogram sets, the ruffle sets. I have um, a gray set that I really love on my horse. Um, it looks very sharp. <laughs> okay, have a great night. You Thank too, Kaylee. You. Bye. 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 So that was awesome. That was so cool. It was um, really great having Kaylee on. Um, man, she's so like well balanced in her view of what she does and what she has access to and what her life is ideal teenager with ideal horse life yeah for sure for sure so so that's it we'll come back i don't know in a few weeks and who yeah. knows what we're going to talk about because yeah. uh, we we'll haven't gotten that far <laughs> but um thanks everyone for listening this wraps up episode 13 and we'll be back in a few weeks with episode 14 yeah. until then enjoy the ride enjoy the ride see you around <laughs>